Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and more. Cerebral is one of the few services that provides prescription medication online through a licensed provider and ships medication straight to your door. You can schedule sessions based on what's most convenient for you, and you don't have to wait weeks to be seen. And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. What event comes once a year and could change how you see the world around you? The answer? When your vision benefits renew. And now that they have, there's no better time to visit your neighborhood Pearl Vision, where they'll cover your out-of-pocket cost or insurance copay for your eye exam. Schedule your family's eye exams at pearlvision.com. Valid prescription required. Valid at participating locations. Restrictions apply. Taxes extra. See store for details. Ends 4-30-2022. Exams available at the Independent Doctors of Optometry at or next to Pearl Vision. Some doctors employed by Pearl Vision. For my small bookstore to thrive, I can't just sell books. So I created a radio ad at iHeartAdBuilder.com to tell everyone about our author events, our story hours for kids, and our amazing lattes. Now we're busier than ever. I'd call that a success story. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdBuilder.com. Tia and Tamara Maori are discussing their tearful reunion. Sarah Palin, of all people, is asking people to mask up. And we've got another installment of DM911. It's April 2nd, 2021. Hey, friends, I'm Casey Rackham. And I'm Stephen LeConte. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. So, We know that the pandemic has been hard on all of us, and Tia and Tamara Maori are no exception. Just recently, the two were finally able to see each other again after quarantining separately. It's unclear when exactly the two reunited, but as of October, they hadn't been able to see each other for six months. Tia told Entertainment Tonight that in addition to not seeing her sister, she also had not, quote, gotten to see my niece and my nephew either. So we're really looking forward to Easter weekend so we can spend some time with the whole entire family. Oh, I mean, I I do have to say, I think that I have been extremely privileged to live in the same state as my parents. Though, you know, we wore masks around each other until we entered the same pod, et cetera, et cetera. It's that is not what majority of people have experienced this pandemic. Most people are in different states from their loved ones, and that is difficult. Yeah, you know, the first half of the pandemic, I was in Los Angeles, my family was in the Massachusetts area, and it was extremely isolating and just sad to not know when you were going to see them again. And by the way, I've been tracking this Tia and Tamara separation for a very long (laughs) time. It it really has been like disturbing to me, almost more disturbing than not getting to see my own family was knowing (laughs) that like sister, sister was just sister and another sister very far away. It felt so wrong. I'm, I'm so glad they are just back together all feels like right and restored in the universe (laughs) yeah they do need to be together at all times that that is how twins work yes 
Absolutely. So meanwhile, still talking about COVID, Sarah Palin is urging people to mask up. And if you're skeptical as to why this is happening, it's because she revealed to People magazine that she has COVID, as does her son, Trick. Palin noted that, quote, as confident as I'd like to be about my own health, and despite my joking that I'm blessed to constantly breathe in the most sterile, frozen air, my case is perhaps one of those that proves anyone can catch this. Palin is one of the most high-profile Republicans to encourage mask wearing, especially as more places relax their regulations because more people are getting vaccinated. So I guess I'm just really torn on this. She's definitely saying the right thing by encouraging people to mask up and stuff, but it feels like such a sign of the times that just someone acknowledging the most basic realities of the world is seen as like controversial or like she's doing the right thing. So I give her no credit for knowing about science, but no, good, I'm glad she she's get, saying it. She gets no credit because she should have said this a year ago. So I don't really. <laughs> well, you know, Casey, you know what she was doing a year ago when the pandemic started? What was she doing? She, she was on The Masked Singer. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's my early pandemic memory is Sarah Pin on The Masked oh, Singer. I just want to know how many super spreader events she's been to over the past year. Because her (laughs) statement was like, if I can get it out here in Alaska, anyone can get it. I'm like, but how many maskless parties have you been going to before you found out COVID was real? I will say, I hope that she is not the first high profile person to say that people should still be wearing masks because I am seeing that people are really letting up. But, you know, you need to be fully vaccinated. And that doesn't happen until two weeks after your second shot, if you're getting Moderna or Pfizer. And we don't know all the science behind everything. So people should still be wearing masks because there are still many, many COVID cases, like more than there were a year ago today. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a, the, the vaccine is a really important step to take, but it is not a silver bullet. Once you have the vaccine, we'll probably still be wearing masks for a while. And it's important to do. Take it seriously. Mm-hmm. OK, Stephen has now joined us as a co-host, but do not worry. He's still here to give you all the advice with his DM 911 segments. In case you haven't heard one of these before, Stephen keeps his DMs open so he can give all of you advice. Today's advice includes seeing an old classmate on a dating app, telling a new boyfriend about a divorce and affair, and asking a friend's husband to be a sperm donor. You know, usually I'd introduce our guest here, but you're already here. I can see you. Steven, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me here. So great to be here. All right, we're starting with a person who saw an old classmate they used to have feelings for on a dating app. Our writer wanted to reach out to her, but thinks it has potential to be creepy since it's been so long since high school for both of them. What should our DMer do? So my answer to this is going to boil down to one really fundamental question about the dating app you saw her on. And that question is, did you guys match? If this was an app like Tinder or Hinge or Bumble, and you not only saw her on the app, but you also matched with her and maybe even ideally had like a nice chat with her at one point, well, then maybe you have some evidence that she's interested and maybe it wouldn't be totally out of line to slide into her DMs as long as you could do it in a way that was respectful, casual, and not at all aggressive. But I have to be honest. I'm suspecting that you might not have matched with her for a few reasons. First of all, if you did match with her, you could just message her inside the app, which should definitely be your first course of action if that's at all possible. 
Second of all, you say that you think that she's maybe not checking the app anymore. And I'm left wondering why you think that. Are you assuming that she's not checking Tinder on the grounds that you haven't matched with her on Tinder? That would definitely not be a reasonable extrapolation for you to make. If you haven't matched, you should assume it is because she was not interested. Alternatively, do you think she's not checking the app because you actually did match, but then she never responded to your message? Well, now you're getting closer to building a case for DMing her, but I actually do think you should once again consider the fact that she maybe didn't reply because she wasn't interested. At the end of the day, if you two never actually matched on an app, or if you were using an app where matching isn't a feature, like I don't know if eHarmony and OkCupid even have matching. If you didn't match with her specifically, you should definitely let this one go and not DM her. And if you did match, it's a maybe from me, and that maybe moves closer to being a yes if you've had some sort of a conversation with her inside the app first. If you guys actually did match and have a little banter at some point, I don't think it's wildly inappropriate for you to slide into her DMs. But anything less than that, I would probably steer clear because I think it could come off as creepy, invasive, or aggressive. Oh my God, Steven, can I say something wild? Yes. I don't, I don't care if someone DMs me. Really? <laughs> well, and I think that's because I have my own agency. So I can just like shut down that conversation if I'm not interested or just, I, I don't know. Uh, to me, I think it depends more on what our relationship was when we were old classmates. Like if I don't know her, this person, like I don't remember them. Okay. That might be a little bit weird for me, but if like we used to be friends and we lost touch and they're just like, Hey, how are you? I'm okay with that. But the situation where I'm not okay with it is if we matched and Sometimes, you know, you match with someone and you just don't have a conversation there. Please don't reach out to me then because oh, then that's when it's a no-go. <laughs> I just, part of the reason why I gave this advice is because I do think that a part of the social contract of using a, an app like Tinder is that if I'm interested in you, I will swipe on you. If you're interested in me, you'll swipe on me. And if we match, that's your cue that I want to talk to you. So for him to maybe potentially, I'm picturing like he sees her on Tinder but they never matched. I'm yeah. thinking, well, that is sort of the cue that she gave that like, I'm actually not interested. So that's why I gave the advice I did. However, I will say, cause your, your point uh, reminds me of something that I should say, which is that there is a big difference between just DMing someone that, you know, hello versus right. just going right to the date. So that's another piece of it, right? If you go in there, like coming in hot, like, hello, I haven't talked to you in 10 years. Let's go on a date. Yes. That's I say, a... I say no to that. No, thank yes. you. <laughs> but, but to your point, if you do know this person, if you used to have a connection with them and you want to just say hello and maybe not reference the fact that you saw them on Tinder, but just check in. I think that's, that's more defensible. Okay. Yes. I think that was more the line that I was thinking of. If, if they weren't going to ask me out right <laughs> away, in which case I'd freak out. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we'll be right back to get more of that sweet, sweet advice from Steven. Fit. We're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com 2022. 
I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia. Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Roxanne Gay, host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Now, what is the Roxanne Gay Agenda, you might ask? Well, it's a podcast where I'm going to speak my mind about what's on my mind, and that could be anything. Every week, I will be in conversation with an interesting person who has something to say. We're going to talk about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. I start each show with a recommendation. Really, I'm just going to share with you a movie or a book or maybe some music or a comedy set, something that I really want you to be aware of and maybe engage with as well. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. We're talking with Stephen LeConte about all of your DMs. We've got another one from a woman who had an affair, got divorced, and is wondering whether she should tell her new boyfriend about it. You actually answered this one in your column that you do for BuzzFeed.com, and we just wanted to talk about it a little bit more. So this woman got divorced three years ago, and the reason for that divorce was that she had an affair. The writer says the divorce made her do some serious introspection, and part of that is wanting to tell her new partner about it. Steven, your advice was that she should tell the boyfriend if she wants to be honest with him. But one comment is sticking out that someone left on your post and it says, quote, so you were dishonest and it cost you your marriage. And now you're asking if you should be dishonest again. I don't think you have actually, quote, grown a lot and done a lot of introspection since then. Chronic deception is still a part of your identity. So what are your thoughts on that? You know, I get versions of that comment on my advice columns all the time. People being like, oh, the fact that you even asked this question proves that you're a terrible person, blah, 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 blah. I don't agree with that at all. You know, every time we do a good, positive thing in life, every time we do what's right, it's because we asked ourselves whether or not we should. It's okay to not know what to do sometimes. And in fact, It's okay to be tempted to do the wrong thing sometimes. To me, what shows the measure of a person's character is what they decide to do, even when, or especially when, doing the wrong thing is actually in the realm of possible. To look at the wrong path, examine it closely, and decide not to take it that's integrity. And I will just say about the remark that like chronic deception is a part of your identity forever. Well, you know what? I know people for whom chronic deception is a part of their identity. And guess what? They don't care. They don't struggle with it. They don't write into advice columnists looking for help. No, they just lie and they don't care that they lie. This person cared enough to write in. To me, that is someone looking to do the right thing. At the end of the day, 
our goal in life should not be to find a partner who has never messed up. Such people do not even exist. Instead, we should seek out partners who have the capacity to recognize their failings, reflect on them honestly, ask tough questions, and grow from them. And I think that's what that letter writer was doing here. In my opinion, the fact that she even asked the questions means that she's a good person. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's like... It does. It, it, it just is because it's, it means you're thinking about it. Whereas you said the other people who do, they don't feel guilty about deceiving people. They're not the same. Those people aren't the same. Also, it's not bad to ask people for help. Oh, totally. Anyone who writes into me to ask a question, I always think, I know that no matter what, whether I agree with them or I don't agree with them, I know that they're writing in because they are reckoning with a tough thing and they want to do the right thing. I will never judge someone for that. I hope. Okay, finally, this last DM is about sperm donors. Our writer's friend wants to ask the writer's husband to use his sperm. Part of this is because the friend is obsessed with our writer's baby and keeps telling her how cute and well-behaved the kid is. The friend is single and thinks they could raise their children together, quote, like siblings. The writer is freaking out. What should she do? So... Let's get the first and most important thing out of the way. My advice is that you and your husband should absolutely deny the donor request. You say the idea makes you so weirded out, which is very understandable. And this is not the sort of everyday favor that friends just like have to do for each other. This is not picking someone up from the airport. It's bringing a life into the world. Now, to be clear, plenty of people do choose sperm donors that they know personally. And in the right circumstance, that arrangement can absolutely work. But it's a request that requires an enormous amount of thought and care. And I have reason to believe that this friend has not put much thought or care into this request. For example, there are a lot of factors that your friend might consider when she's looking for a sperm donor, like family history, medical compatibility, the donor's preference of being anonymous or not. But having a baby that is cute or well-behaved, those things should not be driving forces in her decision-making right now. It's also just not how biology works. There's no guarantee that her baby would look or act anything like your baby just because they share a father. And then there's the contradictory way that the friend speaks about your husband's role in all this. On the one hand, your friend says that he would just be a sperm donor, which implies that once he donates, he's done. But then she suggests that the two of you would raise your kids like siblings. It's really hard to imagine how that could happen without the husband inevitably taking on more of a father role to that baby. This friend needs to ask herself some really serious questions about what exactly she's looking for. Does she want just like some sperm with no strings attached or does she want a co-parent? All of this is to say, it's clear that your friend is a bit lost and confused in her fertility journey right now. I'm left wondering who your friend has in her life to support her through this. Like, does she have any family or friends besides you to help guide her? What about doctors? Does she have access to the experts she needs to make healthy and informed decisions about becoming pregnant? What about therapists? Does she have someone she can talk to about all these difficult decisions she has to make? Your friend's request was misguided, awkward, inappropriate, and without a doubt, it is totally fair if you feel like you just need some space from her. However, if you feel like you can reasonably move past this, 
if you can chalk this up to a good person making a bad choice in a very vulnerable place, perhaps you can continue to be a part of your friend's support system right now. Specifically by being in her support system, I mean connecting her with some fertility professionals, doctors, and therapists. I think she could desperately use their guidance right now. I think that DMs like this are one of my favorites because for the letter writer, at least, the easiest answer is just set some boundaries. Boundaries. For them, that is, that is what she has to do. However, it gets difficult for the person that she's talking about. But I think all of your advice was absolutely great. It just sounds like her friend is the one who needs help right now and guidance. Yeah, absolutely. And I do have compassion for this friend who made the request. I think the request is inappropriate, but I know it's such a vulnerable, scary, and confusing um, thing to navigate. And I, I hope that you can find a way to still be there for her because I think she desperately needs people around her guiding her in better, healthier directions. Mm. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for, once again, giving so much great advice. Please. I love it. I love coming here. I'm so happy that I get to be here two days a week now. And that's <laughs> it for today. Come back and join us on Monday. And remember, if Sarah Palin is asking you to mask up, you definitely should be masking up. BuzzFeed Daily is produced by Dan Bowza, Alan Haberchak, Julia Karen, and Erica Nedanin. Special thanks to Tracy Ayers, Mongesha Ticketer, Samantha Hennig, and Tommy Wesley. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories. And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Is someone you love in a relationship with somebody who tells the same joke over and over? Somebody who has the audacity to starfish the bed. Now, be honest. Is that somebody you? Look, MeUndies knows relationships aren't perfect. That's why they're celebrating imperfectly perfect matches with their new Valentine's Day collection. Starting now and for a limited time only, new MeUndies customers get 25% off matching pairs and free shipping. Express your one-of-a-kind relationship when you match your bottom half to your better half in fun, limited-edition prints. If you're single... Mingle in matching pairs with your friends or fam. You can even get dog hoodies or buddy bands to match your four-legged BFF. Be sure to check out all of MeUndies' sustainably soft undies, socks, bralettes, loungewear, and more available in sizes extra small to 4XL. Get 25% off your first order of matching pairs, plus free shipping, at MeUndies.com VDay25. That's MeUndies.com VDay25. I'm Colleen Witt. Join me, the host of Eating While Broke podcast, while I eat a meal created by self-made entrepreneurs, influencers, and celebrities over a meal they once ate when they were broke. Today, I have the lovely AJ Crimson, the official princess of Compton, Asia, Kidding, and Asia. This is The Professor. We're here on Eating While Broke, and today I'm going to break down my meal that got me through a time when I was broke. Listen to Eating While Broke on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh my God, I want to come through the screen and hug you. Hey everybody, Jessica Zor here, also known as Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl. I am so excited to share my new podcast with you guys. It's called XOXO and it's a walk down memory lane all about Gossip Girl. I'll chat with some of the cast, crew, fans of the show, 
And I'm just so pumped for you guys to go on this journey with me. Hi, I'm Ed Westwick. I played Chuck Bass. Is this Michelle Trachtenberg? I'll never tell. Hey, I'm Taylor Momsen, and I play Jenny Humphrey. Hi, I'm Sebastian Stan, and I played Carter Payson. That was one of the reasons I liked the character Jenny so much, is that she was very relatable. The whole thing was such a joy for me to do, and I was just so thankful that people responded the way they did to what we were doing. This really was just, like, wonderful. I, like, have, like, warm feelings inside. Yeah, me too. I'm giving you air hugs. Listen to XOXO on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.